Your story is waiting for you today. Your story has something new to say. But your story will only come out to play when you're alone. Alone. Alone in a room with invisible people. The following episode may contain swearing. Alone in a Room with Invisible People is brought to you by hollyswritingclasses.com. If you find value in what we do and you'd like to support the podcast, go to coffee.com, that's K-O hyphen F-I.com forward slash alone, or you can go to alonewithinvisiblepeople.com forward slash support us to find out more. Thank you. Hi, I'm Rebecca Gallardo, the host of Alone in a Room with Invisible People. I'm here today with author and teacher Holly Lyle, and today's topic is how to build language, culture, and story ideas. But before we get into that, let's talk about what we did this week. Holly, how was uh, your week? <laughs> it, not my best week ever. Um, I upgraded my OS and then spent um, an entire day just getting my email to work. Uh, so I lost one full day to email. Well, I mean, Ugh. one full day, and it was it was like a 14-hour a, a day just getting that shit to work. Um, and then um, I did get some stuff done for the How to Revise Your Novel upgrade, and you, you had a massive part in that. And, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but uh, I got no fiction this week. It was It was just chaos from one end to the other. So, yeah, yeah. so there, you're going to have weeks like this. You just don't want to have too many of them. And I am really for, looking forward to getting back to Dead Man's Party next week. Yeah. I mean, I know you've. it's just that's part of life is that shit tends to pile on. It's yeah. not just one thing. But, um, you know, like you said, it, it you got to get back to the fiction as soon as you possibly can. Yeah. Yeah, and boy, did I miss it, and I missed it every single day. It's Aww. just, I, I just couldn't do it because I had all this other stuff that I had to take care of and, and things that yeah. I had been putting off. And Yeah, you're still working with moving chaos, too. Oh, so yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was part of it. Well, my week was actually really, really freaking good. I got the props part of Lesson 7 done for the How to Revise Your Novel, and I was... I, I was actually really proud of myself because I didn't have too many props <laughs> um, for 81 plus thousand words, you know, that was supposed to be a 60,000 word novel. I might have had something in the 30s range of props. Wow. That's yeah. good. Um, there were a couple that I just didn't list, uh, but I probably should have. Um just thinking back on it but that's something that you learn going through the how to revise your novel class is that like each time you start picking up new things so the first time I went through I don't even remember doing props and gimmicks for uh leaving Wanda Lucia mm -hmm. I, I just I, I don't even <laughs> remember doing them but then I'm going through them this time and like the scenes the settings the props and I, I finished gimmicks this week as oh, well cool yeah, I went through and I finished that in two days. Um, and I I actually found that I have something like 11 or 12 gimmicks, which seems a lot, especially for when you read the lesson. Um, 
and it tells you, you know, like you, you probably only need like a handful, Mm -hmm. but considering the fact that I want this, I already know this is going to be a series, but it's also an entire world that I want to write many series in. If series is, <laughs> series, <laughs> yes. yeah, many series in, there's a need for little hints mm-hmm. that here and there of these gimmicks that will come into play in later books and later series. Right. It's just little tiny toys on the floor that you're putting into place for later use. Yep. And that's utterly valid. Yeah. So I have actually three or four, I, I don't have my notes with me right now, but I have three or four main major gimmicks for this particular book so that falls into the handful that you need then i have a couple of them that fit with subplots that will go for the entire series and then i have more that are just hints that will either become a part of this series or future series nice yeah i was really really excited to also see that different scenes held like two or three gimmicks in each one almost like this theme of gimmicks threaded through so it was it was a really good week and I finished lesson seven and uh just started roughly on lesson eight. Oh, oh and and I'll just note that Becky has very very kindly uh volunteered <laughs> to put this into the stuff that she is doing right now is she is scanning it and we are putting it into how to revise your novel as an actual part of the class for future generations to use. <laughs> yeah, the the demo that Holly had originally kind of, it, it fell through. Mm-hmm. So she's been lacking um, an actual demo by a writer, which again, like the first one wouldn't have been by a writer. It would have been Holly taking a beta novel, like, an, uh, like a first draft, and then running through it and showing how to do it. But this is a demo done by the writer themselves actually using the class and the techniques of the class so yes yeah this is this is better than what i had originally planned (laughs) and becky's doing a beautiful job on it too so yeah you guys get the entire unfortunately for you you guys get the entire first draft of the (laughs) novel um and then i think it's neat because then i'm gonna put in you know the first chapter or so once it's revised so you can see the huge difference yeah that that the revision makes and also you get to if you want see all of my notations and calling myself a dumbass and (laughs) laughing at myself and all that stuff (laughs) but let's get into the topic today so you guys have a another worksheet download holly yeah um we are going to demonstrate how very very tiny world building in two specific areas can give you story ideas you never imagined you could even come up with. And uh, the first is we are going to build a, do a tiny, tiny, tiny uh, build of a language. And we are going to use that to, to come up with a story idea. And then we are going to do a tiny, tiny, tiny build of a culture. And we are going to use that to come up with a story idea. And we did we we pre-did these, so this is not live. Cause yeah, yeah we, we would have had long pauses for this because there's a worksheet and there's a lot of writing. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> Plus, so. I think when it comes to language and thinking about um, culture ideas, you do kind of need a certain amount of, of just sitting in your thoughts and letting letting this stuff pop up because it, it's it's a little bit harder to 
focused if you know that there is a timeline and you know that, mm-hmm. that it's recording and <laughs> oh yeah so, oh yeah. yeah and I wouldn't have come up with anything as cool as what I came up with yet again I have invented two brand new worlds and yet again I have come up with stories that I genuinely want to write and probably won't because time yeah. <laughs> yeah and and I went the opposite way mine only took about maybe 15 to 30 minutes I didn't time myself which I wish I did mine took about 15 to 30 minutes and I went very light, but ended up coming up with stuff for the Fulton Hills books. <laughs> yeah. It has its hooks deep into you. Yeah, apparently that's the only thing my muse wants to do ever anymore. It doesn't even want to play outside of the box anymore. Wow. It's It's got its sandbox and it's a massive sandbox and everything that it, it creates, it finds a way to put into this. So <laughs> I love that. All right, so how do we how do we start, Holly? And oh, by the way, for for people who are listening to the podcast, uh, or if you are working from the right from the worksheets, but not listening to the podcast at the same time, if you're not sure what any part of this workshop means, simply go back and listen to the linked podcast episode again and hear how Rebecca and I use our made up words to create new story ideas and interesting conflicts for our characters to deal with. That is on the worksheet. I'm saying it here now so that when you're working on the worksheet, you remember it, but it is just kind of making sure I hit all the bases. Okay. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm going to just mention here that while it is entirely possible to overbuild at world building and ask me how I know, I have been the god of overworld world building with drawing maps and building out languages and cultures and religions and, and all of this stuff and having it all done before I wrote word one of the story. So it is really... and. And then finding that I didn't use about 99% of what I built. Because once you get writing, things change. Um, So it is entirely possible to overbuild on your world building. But you are going to discover today that by just asking a couple of tiny questions, you can come up with some amazing stuff. So light world building is what I highly recommend. There will be times as you are writing where you need to build out new sections of your world as Becca is doing with her Fulton Hills world. Yeah. Um, But you don't want to go into depth in that until you actually start writing the fiction. And then you build as you need. You build as you go. When you run into a problem and you need a solution for it, you go back to your old world building and you add in a little something related to the old old, old world building. Wow, I'm having a hard time with that today. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> and, um, and then you you create these little things that fit what you already have. If you do it the other way, you're going to end up just using just using tiny pieces and having tons of work you did that you never look at again. Uh, some I think for some people, because I have done this before, I've world built a little bit and then felt locked in by that world building. Like I couldn't change something. So while we say limitations will set you free, sometimes limitations when it comes to world building can squash really good uh, like muse ideas. Like I've had the muse want to change something and the inner critic said no because you've already built it so you have to follow this even though you haven't used it in the story or at all Mm -hmm. yeah that's a really good point yeah um 
the other thing is uh, we forgot to mention there is a free download for this if you go to alonewithinvisiblepeople.com and you go to today's episode title the most recent episode you'll see the download for this free um there's there's like 10 pages of the worksheets and i think like eight pages of just the first part of i think it's language works uh clinic isn't it well i i put in a a little chunk of uh, the first couple of pages of language clinic and then yeah. i wrote some original stuff just kind of walking you through the concepts behind world building uh, she wrote a lot of original stuff that is not in the like the the all of the worksheets those are all original right this is for just, this this is just specifically for this episode um all of the worksheets are brand new this is not something that you get in the class but this is just yeah. something to kind of ease you into the concept of how world building matters no matter what genre you write in this is not a yeah. science fiction and fantasy thing you can do this for romance novels you can do this for literary novels you can do this for anything that you write uh historicals mysteries um uh slasher fiction whatever yeah and it's it's really really awesome how little time you you invest and then the explosion of stories in your brain oh, so yeah. um where do we go from here Okay, um, I think let's just go ahead, and it's it's very easy to underestimate the sheer power of just coming up with a tiny little bit of language building, or just coming up with a tiny little bit of culture building, and for language building, you know, I I wrote a longish thing about this in the worksheet, but. Uh, we're just, I'm going to hit the high points here. Language is a tool that writers have to use. And when you start taking apart a little bit of language to discover what you can do with language, um, you discover that it's a much broader superpower than you ever thought it was. So with that said, let's do this. Okay, so this first part of the worksheet, uh, you start with part one, words that matter. You pick just 10 sounds your speakers can make. So we are inventing a brand new language, and this language only has 10 sounds. Okay, so um, in mine, my first sound is a click. My second sound is ta. My third sound is na. My fourth sound is pa. My fifth sound is e. My sixth sound is ha. My seventh sound is g. My eighth sound is y. My ninth sound is u. And my tenth sound is zo. My, mine was um, a little bit less. I, I, I tried to stick to a certain. Okay, hold on. I'll just, I'll just say what they are. So they, they're ik, ke, ze, te, ya, ka, ta. Ki, ye, z. So I was kind of trying to stick with something that was a little bit like they would be more familiar. Mm -hmm. But just writing these 10, I came up with the name for these specific creatures, the gremlins mm -hmm. that live in Standing River. Yeah. Oh, my God. And it just popped up into my head. So they're, they're the Kate, Katezi. 
That's that's in their language. It wrote like a little note here. It says harsh, quick sounds, rapid speech. So all of these, katezi, like that, like they they speak very quickly, and they're very harsh and you know rapid oh, kind of sounds. Awesome. Yeah, and um, gremlin is what we you know humans just call them. Step two is once you have come up with your sounds. Then in the second space on each line on the worksheet, assign your sound a letter of the alphabet if you generally write mainstream fiction or in genres set in the real world, or a symbol of your own design if you write science fiction, fantasy, urban fantasy, or other stuff that's not in this world. Um, And I surprisingly chose, I'm kind of surprised about this because, you know, I am a fantasy science fiction writer primarily. And uh, I ended up just using mostly English language symbols. So I have an exclamation point, uh, a T, an N, a P, an E, an H, a G, a Y. And then I have this sort of swooshy thing for the U sound because I already used Y for ya. So I have ya and you, and they got two separate symbols. And then I have the Z for Zo. And the uh, exclamation mark was for the click, right? Yep. Yep. Okay, that's cool. Yeah, I I used a whole bunch of it. Just looks like a bunch of runes, <laughs> but I made them so that the uh, k and ka are only a line difference. And the same thing with the te and ta. There is just a little a little like um, parenthetical after the ta, where there is no none after the te, and it almost looks like the heartbeat. So it's like one heartbeat and then a line. Oh, cool. And yeah, and like the ya and ye, or ya and ye, are sl- just slightly different too. So it's like most of them. I don't know. I, I was just like, oh, this is fun. This is really cool. And yeah, so my symbols look like weird runes almost. <laughs> now I want to take a moment and focus on that because mm-hmm. um, I did not build a specific. Um, alphabet for my language becca did which means her gremlins have a written language yes 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 yes, yes. that's because if there are specific runes and you are not just doing a a sound equation for yourself then that implies in the world building right there that these suckers have their own written language and somewhere out there there are um gremlin books or gremlin little messages or posts or something out there where they yeah. had the need to write things down. So all of a sudden, that piece of her world just got bigger. Yeah, and I'm going to put a little plug in here. Holly has a book. It's under $10. It's the Language Clinic and how to create a language or something like that. Create a language clinic. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Why well, I remember 99% of the <laughs> shit you don't, and then I always mess up on the clinics. <laughs> It's crazy, but it yeah, is. it's it's under ten dollars. And guys, like I, I cannot tell you how much fun it is to do the Create a Language Clinic. And the fact that they have written language in my head was was it just kind of exploded. Mm-hmm. And I had all of these really cool ideas as to why they had to write stuff down and to what they were writing down because originally these gremlins were not exactly super intelligent beings <laughs> they were just chaos makers but they that makes them very one dimensional and when i had 
done these little runes and then came up with the fact that they are the Katazi, I was like, oh, holy shit, wait a minute. They're a lot smarter and more calculating than I realized. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah, see, yeah. see, and that, that is what <laughs> limiting, creating a limitation of 10 sounds and making this much language just right here, just what mm -hmm. we have done right here, this much language gave her that. Yeah. Okay, but the, we are not yet done. Oh, so, no, not close. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. Next thing is step three, create three words using only your letters or symbols that do not mean anything that you're aware of in your own language. This is a little bit of thinking outside of the box. This is a little bit of stepping into this other world that you don't even know exists yet. Because when you're starting with a language, nothing exists but what you're writing. Um, and so my word, my first word was T-P-E-Y, written as T-P-E-Y. It is tapaia. And my second is uh, the swooshy sound T exclamation point H. So it's Utah. Ha. And cool. yeah. And my third word is just ZT. Zota. Ooh. All right. Um, mine, my muse was having fun with me, I think, for two of them and decided that long words were great even. And, and, and they would be said a lot faster um, then I can repeat them <laughs> because I'm not a, you're uh, not a gremlin gremlin. Yeah. Yes, not, uh, but, uh, the, the lines, you know, the language with the, the lines and everything look really cool. Um, <laughs> it's the ictaye. No, the, is that the ictaye. So the is one yata or yate. So yate is another one. That one was easy. That's a short one, yeah. Oh boy. Okay, this is the last one. Kezi ke ke kezi ki kata. One word. Kezi kezi ki kata. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Kezi kezi ki kata. Um, and this is this is gonna get really fun. So go ahead. <laughs> I I just okay. I love this stuff. Once you have three words, now you're gonna play a little game, imagining what each each of three words actually does mean and it needs to be something that you cannot say easily or at all in your own language okay Let's, this is now this is i wanted to kind of see if this was an example in f the french there's two words that i can think of deja vu mm -hmm. and je ne sais pas je ne sais je ne sais pas or je ne sais, je ne sais pas, pas quoi. And I think it is called, I, okay. I, I don't speak French, so. Yeah, je ne sais pas, I think, is I, I don't know. And je ne sais quoi is I have no clue. Yeah, there's. Oh, yeah, this is kind of magnificent something. Yeah, this air. Yeah, it's happen. like this this kind of, there, there, there are these things that we don't have in our language to describe this. Like, right. we all know what deja vu is. Right. But. We can't really, we don't have an English counterpart. That is a beautiful example, yes. And all languages are like this. All languages have some concepts in them that your language does not have. No matter what your native language is, there are things you cannot say in it that another, 
a speaker of another language can say easily and things that you don't even understand exists because your language doesn't have words for them. Yeah. So this this is the power of language. And this is one of the reasons why I am just so crazy about language building and word building and and conceptual stretching. So what you're going to see now is us developing concepts that do not exist in English from these little language bits that we have created for these words that we have created. And I'm going to give you my first one. The first one, the instruction on the worksheet, it says... Um, Define word one as a verb. This is an action word. And this is my definition. The act of tapa'ia is flying through the realm of insanity, searching for lost minds to retrieve by riding on a summoned spirit goose. The goose being a sacred creature considered to be always and incorruptibly sane. Okay? That is the meaning of tapa'ia. Becky's dying on the other side of here. <laughs> this is the fucking goose. Yes. Yes, it's the Honk. sacred goose. Oh, Lord. Okay. Um, and I thought mine was just kind of weird. And, of course, my muse decided to say, no, fuck you. I'm not going to use word one for that because word one doesn't make sense. Word one is something else. Word two is this, is the action verb. I'm like, okay, whatever, muse. <laughs> Mine is the act of running into a fight with fear and courage, but with no weapon. And that is yata. Oh. Or yate. Yate. Oh, oh, I love that. It's, it's, it's yeah. so Celt. It's so paint yourself blue and bite your lip and run frothing and, and, and bloody mouthed and foaming blood from your mouth at the Romans. That's, oh my God, I love that so much. I thought it was so cool, and I didn't realize that these guys had any concept of fighting and stuff. I thought, again, they were very one-dimensional in my head. Mm -hmm. They were just little kind of evil trouble, not evil, but funny, slightly mischievous troublemakers. I had no idea that they fought or that they they had the capacity to create weapons because... Um, this goes into the Fulton Hills world, but they were created by leaking magic. So they're not that old of a culture. The fact that they have writing, the fact that they have um, the the concept of fighting and then courage and no weapons and, and they have weapons. It's just, it's like they evolved quite a bit in a very short period of time. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. Okay. The second word, and I followed my own instructions, so my words are in actual order. <laughs> yeah. Um, the second word, the, the second thing you are going to do is you are going to define word two as a noun, a kind of person, place, or thing, with a full description. Okay. So my second word is Utah. And if I were an actual native speaker of this language, I could do that fluidly and smoothly, yeah. and it would be Utah or something, but better. But better. Yeah. Okay. And this is Utah Klikha is the evil master of insanity who lures the minds of the light-minded, frivolous, overly lustful, overly religious, arrogant, haughty, prideful, and especially the stingy into his realm to feed his insatiable hunger. Wow. So I invented a god with my yeah. second word. And he's an evil god, the god, the master of insanity. Damn. Um, and 
just to let you know, I did not read ahead with these. So I had no clue what was coming whatsoever. So I, I can already kind of tell, like you kind of already, having created these things, <laughs> yeah. you knew what was coming. Yeah. I did not. So mine is going to be a little bit weirder when it comes to to, to like the, the cool. next steps, which is, yeah. Oh, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and again, my muse decided not to follow instructions and it made word three, the noun, <laughs> but, um, so this is your word one. Yeah. Okay. No, this is, this is my define word two, oh. but it's word three. Right. So word three. Okay. Gotcha. All right. So it's keze, keze, ke, ka, ta, the, as a noun, and I went with a person as well. A person who has been under the protection of the um, Katizi or the gremlins by order of the overlord specifically for how dumb, gullible, or useful said person is, hyphen, but also unaware of the gremlins said person is. So they are under the protection of the gremlins by order of, apparently they have an overlord. Okay. <laughs> um, because they are useful for them in some way they're dumb or or gullible or whatever but they also have no idea the gremlins exist yeah so yeah i, I was like wow okay that's so so you are culture building with just two words you have now built a culture for the gremlins that you didn't know mm -hmm. existed Inclu yeah and and a hierarchical um power structure yeah Okay. Yeah, I just I had no idea that they were they were controlled at all. I didn't realize that people were going to be able to be under protection from them. I just kind of assumed they were just these wild animals. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and apparently, well, no, not with 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 an overlord and uh, no, <laughs> yeah, and and writing and weapons and yeah, mm -hmm. <laughs> and the concept of courage. Yes, that's a cool thing. All yeah. right, so now we go to word three. And word three for me was the easy to pronounce one, Zota. And this we are defining as, uh, define word three as a new kind of danger and include how it works. Okay, so this is not a kind of danger that exists in the English language or, or whatever language you happen to speak. So as, as your first language, um, this is its own new kind of danger. This is Zota. The tempting lure thought to be identifiable as a tiny flash of greenish light just before the potential victim is presented with the absolutely perfect temptation. If the target resists temptation, um, Yolta Ha moves on and insanity is prevented. If the target pursues the temptation, he or she is sucked into the realm of madness. Damn. Yeah, see, all of yours are fitting very nicely together, too. Oh. <laughs> yeah, but this was this was completely unplanned. This was just yeah. I, this was just, just pouring stuff. out of my head as I was putting this shit together. Yeah. Um. So mine apparently dis uh, the muse decided to also come up with a second shorter version of of word one, which is. Zahiktayi. <laughs> Again, the, the, we're creating a language here, and we're not native speakers, so. Yes. Um. So the new kind of danger there is the zahiktayi, but 
the muse decided that Zahik also means something. So the Zahik is an old witch that kept the gremlins under her or his power by use of a talisman. The new Zahiktayi is a witch that needs no talisman, but can somehow control the gremlins with nothing but his or her voice. Wow. Yeah, so... Wow. I mean, this just, all of this just exploded this entire little mini culture within Fulton Hills for me, yeah. which actually it's, it's um, not in Fulton Hills, it's Fulton County, it's in Standing River only. Yeah. So, and that's the Glass House books. Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. Okay, so this takes us now to the last question. And um, on, on, for the language worksheet. Not for the culture, not for the um, culture worksheet. Okay, I was confused. I was like, wait a yeah. minute. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. There is much more stuff. But this is the last little step for using language. And the, the, the worksheet here says, finally, in the lines below, create a situation in which someone like you is confronted by your new concept of danger, has to use, become, or deal with your noun, and has to confront or carry out the action of your verb. Okay, so my demo on this is a guy from our reality, so that, that makes him like me in that he's human, and he's from this world, okay? A guy from our reality sees the most beautiful woman he's ever seen standing alone at a party. He leaves his wife talking to the most boring man <gasps> on the planet, which Bastard. is uh, Utah Ha in disguise, and goes after her. She smiles at him, says there's an unused room with a lockable door, and when they are both naked with the door locked, she turns into a nightmarish monster with a mouth that becomes the infinite pit of madness. Good. <laughs> <laughs> Had to make sure he was going to cheat on his wife first, so yeah. they got naked. Yep, Oh, Good. yeah. Okay, so then the wife finds the guy naked, screaming, clawing at his eyes, yelling gibberish, utterly alone, and completely mad. I feel really bad for her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not a great party for her. No, well, she doesn't even know that he was going to cheat on her and deserves this madness. All she knows is that her husband is now gone completely insane and is totally yeah. naked for yeah. some reason. Totally <laughs> naked in a locked room, screaming and, and clawing at his eyes. I I went with one that was a little bit more like me. Um, a peaceful, animal-loving one. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Um, and, and not to say that I am peaceful, because if you talk to my brother, I'm I'm a not I'm a monster I'm a bully. <laughs> um, and if you've been watching my Instagram stories, you you'll see that I continuously attack him with um, uh, interesting text messages, fruit fruit facts, and and all sorts of mess. Yeah, he's still getting those. <laughs> yes, oh poor guy. He he complained to me personally and told me to tell you to knock it off. Oh, yeah. He sent me the message where <laughs> he had tattled on me. Yes. And a lot of a lot of my um, messages, they'll say, like, would you like more fruit flag facts? <clears throat> Type yes or stop. Regular text message fees may apply. And a lot of them are saying your echo device does not understand. Once he sent you that picture or, or sent you the, the message for help. Yeah. And then he sent me the message where you were like you were laughing at him because he was trying to <laughs> tell on me um i sent your echo device things tattletales get what they deserve <laughs> god 
Yeah. So yes, anyway, my, these are my two older adult children. My third oh, child yeah. is an adult now, but he does not participate in this nonsense much. No, he's much more mature than the two thirty-something-year-olds. <laughs> Explain that to me, please. <laughs> well, he's Matt's kid. See, he's Matt, and Matt's uh, Matt's very grumpy and mature. So he's grumpy and mature. <laughs> we are not. Um, so yeah, my mine is a peaceful, animal-loving. Um, gremlin of undetermined sex because I couldn't figure out if it was going to be a boy or a girl is watching over a um, I'm not going to say these words <laughs> because I struggle over them but is is watching over one of the gullible useful humans that is unaware of the gremlin presence waiting until he is done playing with his new puppy um and the gremlin is enthralled by the the human puppy action, you know, just oh wow, oh, just loves, yeah, that's loves kind it. Of charming. And yes, that's what I thought. I was like, oh, um, he he's waiting until the guy's done playing with his puppy. When the gremlin recognizes the voice of the Zahikteyi, uh, which is the witch that doesn't need a talisman to control them. And fears the only hold on, recourse is to yate, which is the concept of running into the fight with, with no, no weapon. weapon. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But it's courageous. Um, so it fears the only recourse is to do that before exposed, taking out the threat before the gremlin can be turned and spelled by the voice. Oh, wow. So, so you have a he's, little warrior gremlin running into battle. Yeah, yeah. This poor, poor little gremlin who is peaceful and animal loving, and is watching this human play with a puppy, and is just enthralled by it. And even though he had a task to do with this this gullible, useful human unaware of his existence, he can't because he's watching this adorable puppy human interaction. But then he hears a voice that he recognizes as one of the new witches that and and he fears like he's going to be exposed, so he has to attack. But it's against his nature as well. So oh, so, so he has to attack the human and the puppy. He's not attacking no. the witch. Oh no, he has to attack the witch. He okay. has to. He, he he feels like that's the only recourse is to attack the witch before. Okay. She can spell him, and make him do something. Okay, nice. And from that little bit of world building you know 10 sounds three words she came up with a, a really compelling story and uh, I came up with a really dark and grim story and uh, mine I could turn mine into a, a novel no problem that's yeah yeah with what I've yeah, got the screaming in there screaming madness <laughs> yeah that's that. Well, and I just made my 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 culture building and my or my um because it, it is there is a certain amount of culture when when you're doing language you can't separate them. Right. So I did a lot of making this one tiny faction of Glass House and the Fulton County world a lot deeper without meaning to mm -hmm. by by creating that language by by making the the symbols. I mean, I learned so much in so little a time about my gremlins. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean holy crap that that they were literate. Uh, yeah. that they were thinking that they were sapient and not 
just, you know, cute little animals. Yeah. Basically, that's what I kind of saw them as is just these these gremlin beings that were just, I mean, kind of like evil squirrels. Mm-hmm or mischievous squirrels you know they they have certain actions that they do and they like shiny things and they take stuff but i found out that is even that is not correct because i kept going with this particular thread so all yeah. of this is related to my gremlins and i'm just if if you are trying to build something that feels a little one note that feels one dimensional this is a great way to get into the world and into the beings without i mean you're kind of going through uh, through a back door through a secret ex- entrance yeah you you're not prejudging or building to your own expectations this yeah. allows you to get around that and find something new yeah especially if you're you're kind of blocked and you you do the same thing every time in order mm-hmm. to create some some kind of type of person or some some something this is a really cool way to get around that because you're asking yourself these very unique questions. Yeah. So this this is uh, a very tiny demo of what you can do with language. I go way into depth um, in the language clinic, but uh, this this will just give you like a little taste of what some of that is. Um, and now let's go on to the second half of the worksheet. Well, it's not really half. It's more like two-thirds of the worksheet. And we're going to do a little bit of culture building. I, I will note that one of the weirder elements of my childhood comes in and prances all over the worksheets. I was a missionary's kid. And uh, boy, boy, does that ever show up in this. So... Um, this is part two is a divide over small things and here you're going to be building a tiny 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 bit of culture and um step one is invent a belief do your best to make it something that no one actually believe is believes in that you know of and describe this belief in as much detail as you can imagine or until you run out of worksheet space Okay, so you're going to go with yours first? Well, you've been doing yours first. Have I? But, I mean, right. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. That's, I was just got so kind of entranced with yours that I forgot that I had gone first. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. It was really, yeah. that, that was so neat. Okay, so um, I invented the concept of Arnadoraism. Okay, this is the belief that water is not a chemical compound, but is instead a living sapient being with the name Arnadora and with the following qualities. Rage at all creatures who drink him. Desire for vengeance and destruction of those who fail to respect his isolationist tendencies. The power to poison those he hates and infinite memory and the ability to track drovans, the offspring of humans who betrayed him through up to 25 generations. <laughs> Becky's Sorry. dying over here. Again? <laughs> I just keep thinking. This is very, to me, this is a little bit Doug Adams-ish again. It's like we have no idea every time we take a sip of water that the water hates us. Yes. 
<laughs> oh god, I'm not gonna be able to drink water today without thinking about this. <laughs> it's like it's like the water in our on our cups is cursing us while we drink it. I drink a lot of freaking water. Oh, so do god. I. Um, mine. I I stayed with my gremlins. So <clears throat> this comes into the fact that I thought that they were things that liked shiny things. And apparently I'm wrong because, oh, at least partially wrong. So the, the belief is anything that casts a reflection can also be used as a way to trap the gremlins, but also peer into their worlds and see what is going on. Anything. Dewdrops, tire rims, puddles, soda cans, any metal, glass, or mirrors that reflect can be used. The gremlins believe this so hard that nothing in their world reflects anything. They have no concept of video or images and will believe, if seeing a video, that that video is a spying device and they're watching live feed. Oh my god. Yeah. And if they see a picture, they believe the object of the picture has been trapped. The gremlins use no reflective surfaces in their homes, barring the one odd family that are trying to break this belief. Okay. Um, and work hard to avoid being captured in reflections, hence why they are rarely seen and they are thought of as a myth or a cryptid. So gremlins live in family units. Yeah, apparently. Oh! Yeah. I thought that, because I caught that too, and I was like... That's really interesting. It it again it, it builds this identity for them. Yeah, you you have these little pieces of information that leak, which is also why you don't want to overbuild because yeah. once once you start getting these little things, these little pop-ups of oh, they they have families, they live in families, um then that they have these personal relationships with other gremlins that they are related to. Yeah, this is a, a fascinating concept, and it doesn't exist for all cultures. It doesn't exist for all societies. Um, so this is this is a big find. But you don't want to do too much of this because you can trap yourself by yeah. all of the details and specifications and stuff that you have to fulfill once you have built heavy. So this is just building light. Okay, let's go on to step two. Step two is identify and list or make up now three important articles of faith from your paragraph above. Remember, we created a belief. This is a thing that that your characters believe is true. Um, it does not mean it's true. It just means yeah. they believe it's true. I um, hope water isn't evil and hates me. <laughs> exactly. And, and that means even in the story world. And that, this is an important distinction. Even within the story world, this is not necessarily true. And I am working with that with this next thing. These, these are the articles of faith. Our Arnadura hates those who drink his body and plots vengeance against them and their offspring. That is article of faith number one. Article of faith number two is the rain, the fog, snow, and ice are Arnadura's spies and assassins. Okay, rain, fog, snow, and ice are Arnadora's spies and assassins. And article of faith number three, Arnadora's faithful are to destroy those who defile him. 
Okay, so I have now built a religion. And I did it with one belief and three articles of faith. <laughs> okay, moving on. Your turn. Um, mine are reflections or traps. Reflections offer the ability to spy or be spied on. And I had to make up another one. Um, and my third one, the one that I made up, is thick black fabric or rubber is thought to protect from the evils of reflection. <laughs> and all of a sudden, I am envisioning clothing and rubber wellies and other yeah. uh, other articles being stolen and disappearing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes, where yeah. did my favorite black sweater go? Where where did my socks go? Because remember, they're very small, too. So a sweater right. could probably, they could cut it up and use it for like three or something. But yeah, yeah I, I kind of realized that this was really, really a very cool indication of certain things that will go missing. But they could also steal like diamonds or gems because they don't necessarily know that it's reflecting because the light refracting the the the, the cuts of the diamonds and stuff right it doesn't show the reflection that a smooth uncut surface might so step three imagine and describe in detail a character who fervently believes all three of these articles of faith now uh, i am in a completely different world now than i was with uh, the first little world that I built with my language. So right now I have a young woman who believes she has been called to serve Arn, which I am uh, shortening, shortening yeah. yes, by wiping out his enemies. She has had religions. Uh, she has had the religions expensive surgery that allows her body to extract air humors sworn by the faithful to not be water for her pure survival needs. She has had the corporation approved modifications that erase her identity markers and that generate false markers, for example, RET scans, fingerprints, saliva samples, DNA, and has undergone permanent removal of all body hair. She has adopted the name Snow, one of the four acceptable assassins, assassins names, and she has made her first assassin corrections, and that's in quotes. So, wow. Yes. That is really, like, that's some deep stuff in there. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that was, yeah, that came out of nowhere. It was like, holy crap. <laughs> My muse decided to kind of, I think, do something a little bit different. It's, it didn't just do one character. <laughs> um, it decided to do most of the gremlins. <laughs> okay. Because it's, it is, but I don't know, because it likes being difficult. The vast majority of the gremlins believe in these, in, in the, you know, articles of faith. They are secretive, pros at keeping quiet for fear the non-gremlins uh, will hear them and use a mirror to capture them. And then this is because of their strong faith, this actually does work. <laughs> Um, oh, they freeze in their tracks. Okay. Sorry. I, sometimes my handwriting is so bad I can't read it. Um, so because of their strong faith, this actually does work. They freeze in their, their tracks. Keeping to the dark shadows, keeping 
awake to do their work at night and sleep during the day. Fear bodies of water or rainy nights, especially near streetlights. Always use water hidden by rubber or fabric. So I'm assuming that's how they drink. Mm-hmm. That's how they survive. Is is the, and I've in my head I've built a way that they do this. Little rubber cups. Yeah, and it's <laughs> it's also kind of where they live. They have access to water, but in a darkened area. Oh God. Drink, drink, little black drink caps. Yeah, there's caps on the cups is what I've created. Like little water, like little, well, actually they're kind of big for their bodies. Mm -hmm. It's a day's worth of water that they get every morning or every, you know, quote morning for them. It's it's when they wake up at night. Mm -hmm. So they basically gather and they go in a line and they fill up their cups from this dark room that is in a cave. So they're basically cave dwellers, the vast majority of them. And it's this dark area with this huge, huge underground standing water kind of thing where they get their their water from. So they never see it. They never see their reflection. Right. And if there's water with no reflection, there's no way that somebody can spy on them. There you go. Wow. (laughs) Wow. So they dress in all black fabric uh, and rubber when venturing out, do not know what they look like themselves. Sexual attraction is brought on by pheromones only. Live in a vast underground. Let me see. Fabric and rubber setup. So this is two pages worth of stuff, and I filled pretty much every line but the last three. Um, they pee and defecate only in safe areas and spend the entire night doing so. And thanks to this, Standing River has the worst, quote, cat, dog, pet, quote, unquote, (laughs) pee, poo, indoors and out problem in the county. (laughs) They're literally known for this problem. Oh, Oh, wow. And... Uh, yeah, apparently my muse also decided to to talk about the family who does not believe in this faith because it's so so strange for them not to. Mm-hmm. Um, there is an entire family line who did not who do not believe in this reflection thing, which started back in the uh, I wrote eighteen hundreds slash nineteen hundreds when cameras became more and more easily available. And they are seen as outcasts living outside of the community as they were banished for bringing a mirror in to prove the faith wrong. While they are seen as outcasts, they were not made dead to the society and can still barter, trade, communicate. But not one of their kin is allowed back inside the society. And anyone who dares join this family through marriage will join the band permanently. Wow. Wow. Yeah, so they still, like, everybody communicates with them, but they're that crazy, crazy nutcase family that lives up in the outside of the cave system. So they actually live outside. And and if you decide, if you fall in love with one of those, then obviously you're crazy and mm-hmm. uh, you don't get to come back. Yeah, you, you don't get to live with your family. So if you join the other family, you are banned permanently. Your children will always, will never, ever be allowed to, to live within the the society, all of that stuff. Wow. Wow. That's that's harsh, man. 
I honestly, I'm so, so childish. I can't wait to put the, the pet, uh, yeah, pee and poo problem in Standing River. You know, that's why I was laughing so hard was because I knew, I knew that was going in the book. Oh, hell yes. Oh, yeah. Yes. I, I knew that's, oh, yeah. That's, we're going to see that again. And in the first one, two, or three books, it's just going to be continuously mentioned as a problem. Nobody's going to know why. And then the gremlins are going to come in in book four, and everybody's going to be like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, so dogs and cats have been taking it pretty hard for, for yeah. something they didn't do. Or whatever pet that people have. Yeah. 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 So what's okay. the next step? So step four. Explain why this character believes Article 1. Make up an incident in the character's life that created this belief. Okay, so my assassin was an orphan brought up in an Arnadoran uh, mission. The faithful who raised her taught her that she was a drovan, uh, doomed by her mother's desecration unless she became pure. She could end the 25-generation curse in her own lifetime and free all few future generations from it by becoming Arnadorans, raindrop, snowflake, icicle, or cloud. Okay, and remember, <laughs> rain, snow, ice, and fog are the four assassins. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, this is really cool. I like this. I, I kind of want you to write it, but yeah, it's probably not going to happen. <laughs> well, the reason my culture believes in article one um the culture believes this because of an incident in the mid 1800s when a gremlin was seen being captured in a house next to a mirror their fear of reflections and other beings using them against the the gremlins has led them to commonly freezing up when near a being and the mirror or other reflective surface so again that they created this weakness themselves because of one incident that where and, and they misunderstood yes yeah yes. They misunderstood so, cause and effect but the, the the really important thing that is in this paragraph to me is it must have been a very important gremlin oh, to yeah. have yeah because why would it suddenly affect the entire the entire culture and change everything yeah. for the rest of of the time um so I, I also kind of had in my mind that I guess the higher ups, quote, the the more important gremlins are never going to end up are going to end up never leaving the the dwelling, mm -hmm. the dark place. Yeah. 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 Well, or the yeah, the, the all fabric, all black fabric, all black rubber dwelling within a cave that they mm -hmm. have. Um, I thought that was kind of cool. I was like, because it's it's only one. Mm -hmm. gremlin that was ever caught and he was seen by maybe a couple of the other ones being caught next to a mirror by a person but yeah anyway that was i was you know that's what your brain does with this kind of work though it, yeah. it goes into to detail and like well why would that matter to them so much yeah it, you discover all kinds of things you never anticipated and you figure i started this with no world built and yeah, this was the second world that I built in this workshop. Just, yeah. I had absolutely nothing. I started from nothing and already, okay, now I'm on my next question. Okay, so I'm going to read Article 2 here so that you understand what we're looking at. The rain, the fog, snow, and ice are Arnadora's spies and assassins. Why does my character believe this? Um, each morning, 
From the time she was one until she was five, she was required to watch a recording of her mother drinking a glass of water in a restaurant, then being enveloped by a furious cloud of, of fog and stripped of all flesh so that when the cloud dissipated, nothing but her skeleton remained. Okay? So this is a kid who from the time, so from the ages of one to five, when she was at her most susceptible to belief systems, she was shown her mother being eaten by a cloud every day and eaten down to the bone. Ugh. Um, okay. <laughs> so I'm glad mine's a little bit more lighthearted. Um, my article two is, I think the reflections, yeah, reflections offer the ability to spy or be spied on. So the reason that they believe in article two, many of them have seen TVs, computers, etc., where the video is playing sometimes live. They believe this is from a, for, a reflection. Also, they have observed video games and believe that certainly this is a being or beings trapped by the reflection and controlled while being watched. Wow. Yeah. Wow. There you go. <laughs> so I'm I'm thinking this is going to be a lot of fun because a lot of people are going to have problems playing video games in Standing River at night. Mm-hmm. Because the gremlins are these mischievous things. They think that they're going to be able to save. Save. Yeah, rescue save those whatever poor being, trapped yes. creatures. Yeah. Oh, wow. Wow. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, this is just going to be so much fun. And it's just this fun layer to add into Standing River. All right. So let's go on to... Um, the question, article three. which is, yeah. why does this character believe Article 3? Make up an incident in the character's real life to, that created the belief. Okay, and my Article 3 is, Arnador's faithful are to destroy those who defile him. Okay? This is a big deal. This is what, the, if, if you, you as one of these snow, ice, fog, um, uh, rain, are... Arnadora's assassin, and you are destroy those who do things to defile Arnadora, like drink water from a glass. Okay? So, she believes this because when she was seven, she went with the other orphans to a service where one of the most celebrated assassins was given his reward. His mother's bones were brought forward and placed in a box his kill recorder was removed from his arm and attached to the box, and rain, snow, ice, and fog swirled around the box, and his mother, now old, was restored to him as a living being. Oh, wow. Oh, so they're going to be able to get, she's going to be able to get her mom back, supposedly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, so that's, not only does that cement her faith in this being something that happened but it cements her motivation motivation for saving her mother for Mm -hmm. rescuing her from arnadora and being this faithful never faltering creature who serves arnadora's will so that arnadora will not forgive just her and the 25 generations who come after her but will forgive her mother yeah wow (laughs) um so mine is really super simple um, the, my article three was about the thick black fabric or rubber 
rubber is thought to protect from the evils of reflection mm-hmm. um, because the thick fabric or rubber in black casts no reflection at all and it's thought to absorb the negative powers of reflection. So it's the same way that, you know, you, if you wear black on a hot summer day, you t- yeah. <laughs> you regret it. Yes, <laughs> so, exactly. Um, but yeah, so let's go to step five. Okay. Okay, so that takes us to step five. Invent a character who shares belief in Article 1 and Article 2, but fervently does not believe Article 3. I'm going to read all three Articles of Faith here again, just to get us back on my, my new character. Um, does not believe people get their mothers back. That is his thing. Um, he does believe that Arnadora hates those who drink his body and fo- and plots vengeance against them and their offspring. And he does believe the rain, the fog, snow, and ice are Arnadora's spies and assassins. Okay? But he just doesn't believe they get their mothers back. All right. Um, or that their actions can retroactively forgive the sins of those Arnadora has already judged, which is kind of an extrapolation of if you get your mother back, well, Arnadora must have forgiven her. Yeah. He argues against retroactive forgiveness in favor of lineal clean slate for self and offspring in that the assassin and all of those the assassin gives birth to or fathers um, will be forgiven. But your mother won't be. That's his thing. Um, he also argues that if the bones of your mother were those of a 20-something, when Arnadora brought her back, she would be mm-hmm. her in her 20s again because her bones would not have gotten older once she was dead. So she would not be 50 or 60. Okay, yeah, now this... I was wondering about that, too, when you said her mother now old. I was like, well, mm-hmm. wait a minute. <laughs> so... Now you have, this is where me, the missionary kid, comes in. Because I sat at tables with missionaries arguing about points of faith back and forth with stuff like this. Well, this couldn't be because this. Therefore, this other thing. Oh, no, this could be because this other thing. Therefore, this other thing for hours on end. And... This got ingrained in my brain when I was from ages 9 through ages 15, uh, where I listened to people of deep, compelled religious faith arguing the fine points of their faith over dinner. And you know, we in Guatemala, we had dinner at a long table, and all of the missionaries from the thing showed up at the table, and we all ate together, and it was every damn meal. So, Ugh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> um, get so my my articles of faith were the uh, reflections can be used as a trap. The reflections can also be used as a way to spy on them. And that black fabric or rubber uh, protects against this. So my character <laughs> believes that reflections are traps. Reflections are uh, a way to spy on him, but he doesn't believe that the black fabric protects. Okay. So, the event in this character's life, and I gave him a name, too. It's Zizik. So, and I'll just call him Zizi for short because that's his nickname within the group. Um, Zizi is known by others as a harmless loon. <laughs> he is always wearing either nothing. <laughs> okay. 
or bright clothes. He never, he's never accompanied when he goes out because the others fear he'll get them caught. Yeah. They're all waiting for the day he doesn't come back. Wow. He's nudie gremlin. Yes. Yes. Wow. Um Yeah. And I, I just, I have this image in my head. He's just, he's adorable. He's one of my favorites now. Mm-hmm. And it's just so cool that you, he's, he's like wearing, he doesn't, he, he still believes about the stuff about the reflections. Yeah. But he doesn't think that there's something that can protect him. So I loved the idea that, that in this worksheet, it was just like, the belief in one and two, but not three. And remember, I, unlike the listeners of the, this podcast, most likely, the ones that are listening to this before mm-hmm. they go into, the, like you and all of them knew what was coming. Right. I had no freaking clue because I, I specifically did not read this. I wanted to come at it at, at a complete blank slate. Mm-hmm. And I am absolutely adoring what I've come up with. The fact that he does not believe it, it just it it asking again asking the right questions of your your muse and letting your muse just say oh this is it you mm-hmm. know like coming up with the cutest fucking shit yeah yeah <laughs> or the most disturbing on your end or yeah on my end fairly disturbing fairly disturbing stuff here all right so now the next question in step five why does this character not believe article three Make up an incident in the character's life that created this disbelief. Okay, so this is my guy now. This is the guy who does not believe that your mother is going to be resurrected. He found a recording of a forgiveness ceremony and managed to get it to a guy who was able to take it apart and frame by frame show the substitution of the bones for a ringer, a real woman brought in to replace them. He says, the, the guy who did the... the um, Audio video. Yeah, the audio video. Stuff. He says that the woman actually does look like the assassin's mother, though, if she were older. So it's a pretty good fake. All right. Damn. Um, so, again, mine, mine is just a little bit more humorous. Just a little, <laughs> I think. Um, ZZ was in a teen girl's room... And this is the reason he does not believe that black fabric protects you. Zizi was in a teen girl's room dressed in black when he caught his own reflection. From fear, he froze. But of course, he thinks it was a trap. And his small gurgles, basically, like just this kind of uh, uh, whatever, you know, when you're trapped Uh and terrified, woke the teen who saw him, threw her phone at him, missed... The mirror shattered, and he was, quote, released. (laughs) Yeah. um, Running back out the window and stripping down naked. Wow. (laughs) Because he was, he, 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 you know, was just caught by his own reflection out of fear. Oh, but, (laughs) but now, is the girl who broke the mirror for him his hero? No, he thought it was a trap. He thought she just had bad aim. She was trying to hit him, and he knew that. Oh, oh, okay, so she's a villain. Okay. Yeah, yeah, so the teen girl to him is is probably one of the witches, 
Or, or well, she wouldn't be a witch because then she would have had to use a talisman or her voice. But he thought that she was one of these humans that that knew about them. And they're going to have their own name. Like the people who play video games. Yes, exactly. Exactly. So he thought he fell into a trap. And, yeah. And so she's definitely not a hero. She thought he was... He thought she was trying to kill him, which basically she was. I mean, you wake up and there's this strange, scary-looking little thing standing on your dresser making weird, creepy noises. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. There you go. He's lucky she didn't have better aim. Yes, it is. (laughs) I I just see him running outside the window he came in, stripping, like, ripping off all of the clothes, screaming that it doesn't, you know, didn't protect him or didn't work. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. Okay, so now... Now that I love that, um, all right. Now, finally, introduce your first character to your second character in a situation where both are attracted to each other, not necessarily romantically, and then discover their differences on Article Three, where one is a firm believer in Article Three and the other is a disbeliever in Article Three. How do they find out about their differences, and how does it change their relationship? and each of their lives. Now, I'm going to go through this whole thing in one go. I have them numbered. And you remember that um, the third article of faith is belief in the resurrection of the mother for the forgiveness of sins when the, uh, when the assassin has done the work that uh, Arnadora requires for enough, enough of the work. Okay, so, number one, these two are romantically attracted. I decided that they just said they were. Uh, number two, in a relaxed moment, Fogg, who is the, the, which is the name of the male assassin, um, admits to Snow, which is the name of the female assassin, that he doesn't believe the mother reconstitution thing because of the bone age problem. Snow tries to argue in favor of Arnadoro's great powers, but can kind of see Fogg's point and agrees to watch the presentation his made, friend made for him. All right. Um, that was three. Four. The two, fans of, the two faithful servants of Arnadora debate what they see. They track the mother down and through investigating her discover that she had been a poor young woman who gave up her child to the mission with the promise that she and her child would one day be reunited. She was given separate housing, was permitted no contact, but had simple work she did for the church. She was reunited with her real child in payment for food, shelter, and work without pay. Damn. Okay. All the orphans who become assassins were obtained in the same fashion. And suddenly the two assassins find themselves in possession of deadly information and find themselves being pursued by top assassins of the Church of Arnadora. Wow. Yeah. Um, Mine decided, my muse decided to not answer all of these. And that's, to me, that's okay. Mm -hmm. Because the whole point is to just come up with stuff. Yeah. And yeah, so my muse went a little bit different this this way. Introduce your first character to your second t- character in a situation where they are both attracted to each other. Mine are just friends, and that was it. <laughs> okay. the, yeah, it didn't it didn't go into the discovering of their differences because what I did was I went with Zizi, which is the one who doesn't believe in the black, 
stuff. Mm-hmm. And I went with one of the family members of the outcasts who oh. doesn't believe in any of that stuff. Right. <laughs> so, so my muse is being a, a, a bit difficult, but... But you now have something that you can pursue without overbuilding it yep. uh, when you get ready to write this stuff because you don't have the story part of it. That can just wait for later. So yeah. what Becca did there is essential if you are building out a series or something else and you don't want to overbuild. She knew when to quit. And yeah. it is entirely valid to go ahead and quit and say, yeah. okay, well, I know as much as I need to know about this for now. And at the point where I'm ready to write this, then I will build more as I write it. I don't like the word quit. It's more like knowing when to stop. Knowing when to stop. <laughs> yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, so instead, I even wrote, instead I'll take Zizi and a member of the band family, Kata. That's his, that's either his name or the family name. I'm not sure. And have them interact. Zizi is out on his own uh, personal rounds when he runs into Kata doing his rounds. The band family is friends, good friends, with Zizi. Kata has found the ever-elusive full-open cigarette pack now that vaping (laughs) has become so big. (laughs) Apparently they're smokers. Oh my god! (laughs) So he and Zizi share one together while they haggle over something Zizi has and how many cigarettes it's worth. Oh my god. Three gremlins bust onto the scene other than Zizi and Kata. They bust onto the scene nearby, heavy into stealth and doing moving like ninjas, while Zizi and Kata smoke their cigarettes and watch. <laughs> Zizi pities them for something the black, oh, for thinking the black will help them. The black, you know. Right. The, yeah, black rubber or black, yeah, fabric. Um, while Kata sees the irony in Zizi's pity as he still fears reflections. <laughs> so this is a really cool scene for yes. me. Yes. That... I, I, I have been thinking about doing these flash fiction or short stories um, within this world to help me with world building, but also to kind of put up there on Amazon and just have people start to just kind of tiptoe into the shallow waters of the world before I put this out. But I want to write this story where they're just sitting there smoking their cigarettes, haggling over whatever it was that ZZ <laughs> had because he wants more cigarettes. And then I, oh. I just see these three little ninjas just kind of stealthily moving and... and all right, you run to that car. Okay, zoom, you know, <laughs> yes. while they're sitting there in the light, smoking their cigarettes, watching them and just shaking their heads. Shaking their heads for two different reasons. Yes, yes. I love that. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, so there you have it. That, from, from mine, I got two potential different novels, complete novels, neither of which I have any intention of writing because I've got more work than I can ever finish right now. Mm-hmm. But both of them are good ideas they're both good novel stuff and uh they came out of uh, 10 letters of an alphabet in one thing and just coming up with a concept of culture tiny little cultural aspect that requires articles of faith and uh it was 
it was fun to do. It was fun. It, now, it, mine took me quite a while. Yeah. Uh, I, I worked on mine for about three hours, and I'm not sure why it took so long for things to click for me, but uh, they did not come together speedily the way Becca's did. Yeah, but mine was like 15 to 30 minutes, I'm not sure, but it was a whole lot of fun, and mine was just the opposite of yours, but I love the fact that we're, we are showing that you can come up with complete separate novel ideas, something brand new, or mm -hmm. that you can dive deeper into a world that you are already working on. And right. that it doesn't matter if it takes you three hours or 30 minutes, you can get something of great value from it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I will note that this is like the lightest of possible light world language building and culture building that you can do. You can go so much deeper you can get so much more stuff if you are interested again holly has two clinics the create a language clinic i got it right that time and the create a yes. culture clinic and both of those they're both under ten dollars they're both in the holly shop i'll link them and if you want you can either buy through the affiliate link within the um alone with invisible people show notes or you can just go straight to holly shop and look them up either way they support holly if you want to support the podcast just you can purchase it from within the with the affiliate link and, and i'm going to state a preference here i would rather that you bought through rebecca's uh, <laughs> affiliate link because uh, it gives me another way to pay her and i would appreciate that <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, it is cool when people do uh, buy from the affiliate link because it shows mm -hmm. that you guys are, you know, you value the podcast and it supports yeah. the podcast. So Yeah, and she does a god-awful <laughs> amount of work on this podcast. Um, I, I come up, I show up once a week and we sit here and have fun talking shop for a few hours. She does uh, a full-time job's worth of sound production and... Um, doing all of the social media stuff where she puts up uh does all of these cool image creates all of these cool images for each episode um writes the blog, blog podcast does all the show notes posts the show notes in all the different places that show notes get posted and um she started out doing this for free and i have been able to because of podcast support um and how i can see it's affecting uh you know, our, the, the classes and, and the writing and my fiction and stuff, I have been able to kick a little bit of money back toward her. But more money that I know is coming straight from this would be awesome. Yeah, uh, no, we really appreciate any support. Yeah. And and again, that, that kind of downplays what you did because like today when you come up with the worksheets and stuff, I mean, you oh, work well, yeah, really... I build the worksheets yeah. and, and I fill them out and stuff like that too. And I, yeah, I do do show notes and, and do some, some thought yeah. about what it is we're going to talk about. Yeah. But uh, Becca is, is moving the, the major part of everything that makes this a show. So... So if you would like to follow us, you can follow us at AIARWIP on Twitter, Alone with Invisible People on Instagram, or Alone in a Room with Invisible People on Facebook. The best place to interact with us and our community, though, is within the hollyswritingclasses.com website. Create a free account. You get the free How to Write Flash Fiction That Doesn't Suck. You also get a bunch of freebies from the Summer of Fiction. And you get a free like entire community and they really are i know that we say this a lot they're the best kind of people they really are they're very supportive they're very helpful uh, it's it's an amazing community and if you're somewhere like me where you're kind of isolated and you don't have a lot of like creatives around you 
or you can't hang out with the creatives you know because of timelines and stuff, it's a great place to be able to go in and ask for somebody else's opinion or discuss writing. And it's a lot of fun. And our forums is Alone in a Room with Invisible People. It's, you know, it's the podcast forum. It's in there. You can, if you'd like to support us, you can go to alonewithinvisiblepeople.com slash support us to find out all the different ways that you can do it. You could obviously buy Holly's fiction and buy Holly's classes. And um, we have different ways also to support the podcast. If you'd like, we have a coffee.com that's ko hyphen fi.com forward slash alone. And that gives you a chance to either, you know, kind of like support us on a one-time basis or on a monthly basis. So Holly, what is the takeaway for today's episode? The more you trust your muse to play and the more you ask the right kinds of questions, and these worksheets give you a whole bunch of the right kinds of questions, um, which are who, what, when, where, why, and how questions based on what matters in your world or your characters the more success you will have with writing deeper, richer, better fiction. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. So guys, download the worksheets. They're free. You don't need to to put in an email or anything like that. They're directly going to be directly on the page at alonewithinvisiblepeople.com. Look for this week's episode and download your worksheets. Come up with stuff. Play. Even if you write strict you know, modern time romance, just play, just Mm -hmm. see what your brain can come up with. Even if you've never wanted to create another language or a weird culture, this is something that can, you you don't know what your ideas are going to come out. You, You might not ever end up using any of the language or the, the stuff that you build in the first part, but it can give you ideas for stories. And culture is a universal thing. It doesn't matter what genre you're writing in when you're when you are writing culture. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm saying you don't want to make up. You haven't ever thought of making up your own culture or anything like that. Right. You you don't right. know what your muse is going to spawn. So, even mm-hmm. if you're like not necessarily into fantasy or sci-fi or whatever it is that you think that these things are limited to, they're not. Just go in and play with them. So again, they're free downloads. Jump in, grab them, and just have fun. And then share. If you want to share what you made, again, podcast forums. Get in there and yes. let us know. Yes. Just come to this episode. Yeah. So that's it. And um, I'm just going to say I had a lot of fun today, and I hope that you guys find a lot of value in this stuff. And we will see you next week. And have a wonderful week of creation and exploration and finding out how cool your brain really is.